0: happening everyone this is the latest episode of the celtics talk podcast which is brought to you by cumberland farms start saving this new year with the smart pay app save 10 cents on every gallon of gas and earn rewards download today it's kyle draper with asher blakely and chris forsberg and so much to get into this week guys think about it this time last week the celtics had won four in a row at home Uh, They were going to Miami feeling good, then they lose three in a row, drama surrounding, and then they come back and beat Toronto on Wednesday. We're going to check in with Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports coming up in a minute. He's very well familiar with Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. We'll talk about that relationship. But first, Chris how are you feeling right now at this <laughs> very moment? I know you're happy to be hanging with us. Right. But in terms of the Celtics, how are you feeling right now?
1: Drake, remember on the final post-up of the calendar year, we sat there and we said we're going to make some resolutions. We're not going. I said I'm not going to get too high on the highs. <laughs> I'm not going to get too lows on the lows. We know you've already uh, broken your resolution about talking about Anthony Davis like seven have times. Have I done that? Yeah, yeah yes, like 800 times. Had, like, yeah. It feels like once a week we, we go there. Uh, so I don't want to get – Too high, now that we're talking, coming off that Toronto win because it was a wild week. But you do sort of get the sense that this team has played well against good competition. I'm encouraged by what I saw. I like for the first time in a long time, they showed great mental toughness and bouncing back from adversity. It feels like every other year they've had this mental toughness and sort of a hallmark of Brad Stevens' team's. But this year, they just haven't had it like something bad happens and it snowballs. And you sit there and think, why can't they catch themselves? Well, they started poorly against Toronto. They caught themselves. It was a rough week in the locker room. And then Kyrie sort of catches himself after and is like, hey, listen, JB was right. You know, the the young guys, I got to lay off them. You just feel like they're trying to move forward. We got to see it. But I'm encouraged by where they are. Uh oh! It's not
2: that hard of a question, big fella. I'm not. That that has nothing to do <laughs> with the question, and everything to do with just this. Uh, I have to sprinkle a little reality into the conversation. Oh, here you go. Uh, they won a game. They won a game that they win pretty much all damn season (laughs) these are the teams that they beat when you look at how they have fared against the torontos the philadelphias the you know the the indianas and the the elite the milwaukees the top four teams in the eastern conference if you look at their records in round robin fashion against one another guess who comes out on top winning percentage wise the boston celtics they won six out of the nine games against those teams when you have that going for you no one should ever be surprised if they knock off an elite team. They know the problem that they have is they get fat and happy. They look at teams as if they're punks. They think they're varsity and they're playing freshman and JV squads when they look at the, the Orlandos and then the Brooklyns teams that are legitimate NBA teams that have cracked their heads on more than one occasion. I'm not going to be impressed with this team until they start beating the teams they're supposed to. And they do it on the road because beating. Well, hold
0: on, Sherrod. Hold up, hold up. But what? come playoff time, who are the teams they're going to be facing? They're not going to be facing the Phoenix Suns, the Orlando Magics of the world. Thank God. They're going to be facing the Sixers, the same team you just mentioned, the Raptors, same team you just mentioned, maybe the Pacers, the Bucks, teams they've beaten. And so, we panicked over these three games. This, this guy weed? is okay. falling. You know, you're not giving them credit for uh, the win against Toronto. But I firmly believe this team, when dialed
2: in, which the playoffs, I think they will be, will be just fine. But the problem that you are completely and over is the fact that these they have struggled on the road. They have lost more road They've lost as many road games now as they lost all of last season. And we still got another couple months of the season left. So if you are a bad road team and you know you're not beating the teams you're supposed to beat, which means you probably are going to start on the road. Guess what, Drapes? It doesn't matter how well you play against Toronto and them. You're going to be in their building until you are able to knock them off in their building and get home court advantage. And guess what? You haven't done squat in a regular season to prove that you can do that. It's regular season,
0: though. (laughs) Playoffs! It it is regular season, and and so let's turn the clock back just a little bit and start with the week. There's so
1: much to unpack. I know, there is. It's 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 like a crazy week.
0: It's it's, it's only been seven days or whatever, (laughs) but so much has been packed in. Let's start with Kyrie Irving in his week. (laughs) Calling out the team, calling out the players after the Orlando loss, apologizing on Monday, And then having a great game uh, on Wednesday, Chris. And and so, to me, when you look at the Celtics and and their growth, Kyrie is learning as he goes along too. It's like trial and error for him.
1: You you forgot too his little post game shooting session in Miami. Like like, this week has been wild for that guy. The mental health day on Monday and resting that quad. Uh, it, It you certainly get the sense that. As much as I, I every time I say, well, you know, they're still kind of trying to figure each other out. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be 43 games in. They shouldn't be figuring each other out. But everyone is still learning, growing and Kyrie among them trying to be a good leader. And so I think that's more of a challenge than he probably anticipated. And it's refreshing to hear him come out, especially after that Toronto game and try and sort of acknowledge like, hey, I've, I was in the wrong uh, which was maybe the most wild part of the week is that Kyrie is acknowledging that, uh, you know, he needs to continue to grow and he needs to continue to be a better leader. And so will that help patch some of the uh, uh, problems in that locker room if the young guys were feeling sort of targeted? I don't know, but uh, it, it, it's, it's neat. I'll say this about it. You know, the, the one thing I keep coming back to is, is no one has seemed to enjoy the peaks and valleys of this season as much as Kyrie. And for most of the year, even after tough losses, I've always been, like, r- marveled at how he's just like, hey, you know what, big picture, this is what happens. There's going to be highs during the seasons, lows during the season. you got to enjoy it all. And I sit there and say, like, man, why isn't he more frustrated? Well, those frustrations boiled over this weekend. Uh, but now it's, again, how do you respond? How do you turn that into a positive? First step in the right direction. Now, you know, can they build off of what, what has happened? both uh, Kyrie with his play and what he said – uh, is an encouraging sign.
2: Well, here, this is my thing. And I, I've, I've been on Team Kyrie f- the whole time we've been going through this drama, and it's real simple. One of your jobs as a leader to, is to figure out how to get the guys around you to perform better. I don't think there's any question that when you start looking at Jalen Brown's performance and play since all of this became front and center – He's been a better player. He hasn't been a happy player, but he's been a better player. But you know what? As a leader, that's not your job to keep guys happy. Your job is to lead them in a way that gets the most out of them. And I think he's doing a better job of that. Now, the one knock against him, and I think this is a legitimate one, and this has been kind of brought up here and there, but his criticisms I think were were, he was right. But they shouldn't have been for the public consumption. That's to me when I when I've talked with people who have been part of championship caliber teams in the last week or so. That's the one critic criticism they have about Kyrie that it wasn't what he said or how he said it, but the fact that he made it such a big public thing. And then with Marcus Morris, with the public push, you can't do those things. Uh, you know, when you, when you're trying to win a championship, because you're you're basically you are creating this image, and images become reality become reality that you have a divide in your locker room, Uh, even if it may not necessarily be that bad. uh, But I'm not bothered by his leadership because, as Chris pointed out earlier, this is part of the process. And when I look at other people who criticize Kyrie and his leadership, I'm thinking, like, name another player who has been the leader of a championship-caliber team where your core group is 25 and under, not one or two players. but No, your core is young as hell. That is a completely different type of leadership skill. It requires a different kind of playbook. And guess what? When you start looking around, there is no playbook. And that means you got to make this stuff up on the fly. Uh, on the
0: fly. But but here's the thing. And I got to give Jalen Brown major props because he called Kyrie
2: wow. out. On Monday. And you know what that's about, Drapes? What? That's empowering your youngers. He would not have done that if Kyrie didn't say anything. That And Jalen, I think, is going to be better for that. I think the team is going to be better for that. And that's one of those benefits that, uh, his, of his leadership that he's not going to get any credit for. He's not gonna get any credit for that at all. But you so you're what? crediting Kyrie for Jalen speaking out. Is <laughs> that is that what <laughs> If if Kyrie would not have called him out, would Jalen have said what he did?
0: Well, of course not. Kyrie well, started there you everything. Go. Of there course. You go. That's like saying if my son wouldn't have lit the match, the house wouldn't have been on fire. He shouldn't have lit the match in the first place. But the bro. whole
2: point is to get him to become a better player and help the team win, and he did that. It wasn't how he intended it to do, but that's okay. Nope. Some of the greatest inventions we have, the microwave that you use to eat your little popcorn over. That wasn't supposed to be that. But, but like here's
0: that. why I'm giving Jalen the props, because Jalen could have taken it a different way. He could have reacted a different way, kept it inside, been pissed off, but no, he sort of went back at Kyrie and I give Jalen a lot of props. And then Kyrie, you know, said Jalen was right, Chris. So I, I think Jalen, you know, when we talk about leaders, that was a big boy move that Jalen did the other night, too.
1: Right. And and I think for me, like from the big picture, I look at it and say that's that's Brad Stevens there, because Brad has always said, like, everyone on this team can be a leader. Everyone on this team can have a voice. And so he empowers those younger players to feel like, all right, Kyrie can give it to the young guys because he's Kyrie he's the best player on the team, but the young guys should feel empowered to do the same. And sometimes you feel like, you know, Tatum, what Kyrie said was correct. And, you know, very, very by the book, but it's neat that you have sort of this pushback because I think we all sat there and said, what are these young guys feeling? Do they, are they getting worn down by, by Kyrie repeatedly bringing this up in public? And well, after that Brooklyn game, that's the first time I sat there and said, oh, OK, yeah, they, they're, they're sick of this. They're sick of dad telling them that they're not holding up their end of the bargain. And so I, it was refreshing. I think that, you know, if Kyrie wasn't already thinking about the way he was leading this team, it forced him to reconsider even more. What I, you know, for then for Kyrie to have like, to be OK with sort of stepping back and admitting that he wasn't approaching it right is even more growth. So uh, again, really good signs. Here's my question to you guys: the 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 reaction now, the fallout from Kyrie coming out the last and, and saying he ca- talked with LeBron, is now well, Kyrie spun and put the focus on him. So do you buy that, or are you like, or do you think that Kyrie was genuine when he was just trying to si- sort of lay himself bare after that game?
2: Well, Ooh. here's the thing, okay. No matter what Kyrie does, he's going to be front and center. If you call the young boys out, you're front and center. If you admit that you screwed that up and you could do better, you're going to be front and center. So he can't win that debate at all. The only thing Kyrie can do is help these guys to get better and help them figure out how to be a champion because he's the only one who really knows what that is like. And... Aaron Baines, I know he's got a chip, but he wasn't the guy. And and here, he's not that guy. Kyrie knows what that's like. And to me, the fact that he had enough humility to reach out to LeBron, because I know that was not a comfortable conversation. I, I put money on it that he probably deliberated over that. Uh, for a while, do you think he like he dialed
1: it? the number and then, no, and then no. didn't hit send? <laughs> waited a few minutes, or maybe
2: he dialed the number and then thought he <laughs> hung up, and then he just Oh, oh, oh I got to talk to him. Hey, what's up? What you doing? Yeah, dinner with Kevin Love? No way. So, but I I like the fact that he was able to humble himself and just acknowledge that he was wrong because to me that's part of being a great leader. Because newsflash, leaders don't get stuff right all the time. Beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. they don't, and for him to acknowledge that, you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll take a mulligan on that one.
0: No, but what's interesting about that is that, that's you know, what LeBron was trying to do back th- during that time is sort of what led Kyrie to want to leave Cleveland and get out. So Kyrie needs to, and, and maybe he's learned this now, you don't want to alienate and piss off these young guys and, 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 and sort of these young guys get tired of living in your shadow. Well, I, I they think, don't want to get beat right. over the head about you being the leader and, you know, uh, you know I've, I'm the only one that's won a title and I know what it takes and these guys don't. So maybe, you know, this whole week things uh, will change for Kyrie well, in terms of I his mean, leadership style.
2: I, I see what you're saying there, but, but the, just the dynamics are so different because Jason Tatum, when he came here, he knew I'm not the leader. Jalen Brown, you had a nice little run there, but, I mean, from day one, the minute Kyrie walked in the building, you knew that was a guy. Kyrie in Cleveland was playing like an all-star before LeBron got there, signed a big, fat contract that you would sign for your leader, and then, like, 48 hours later, you've been told you're second-in-command. And you're like, what? What, what? what happened? What right. happened? And, and so him not really totally buying into LeBron made sense because that wasn't the reality that he was dealing with at that time. Whereas if you're Jalen Brown, if if you're Jason Tatum, Kyrie's better than you. I mean, it's not even like debatable. And you know that you, in order for this all to work, you got to play a certain role. And I'm not sure Kyrie, young Kyrie was convinced that you know, I'm not ready to be a leader. I don't have a choice though so because LeBron is better than me, so I need to, you know, follow suit as long as I have to.
1: But Boston's young guys did get that taste last year, and I think that <laughs> changed the equation a oh, little bit. Like all of a sudden, they're like, "Well, maybe we ought- we can be the guys, or maybe we can be more than what we're expected of." You know, maybe I'm a Kyrie apologist, but I think he was genuine after that game. And I think wh- what I kept wa- walking away from- with is that I think he looked he looks at these young kids and he sees himself in cleveland in a a small way and he says how do i get them to accept what i accepted but do it quicker and to see that big picture and then i think Kyrie looks in the mirror now and he says oh man i become dad i'm becoming lebron (laughs) like all the stuff that i resented i'm showing signs of that so how do i become a better leader and change myself and so i think it was very genuine and well it blows my mind that people want to spin it as Kyrie was just putting the focus on himself and that he was essentially saying that these kids are too selfish and was sort of like a backhanded compliment. I do think he was genuine. I think he wants to work both on himself, on the younger guys, and get everyone to a place where the focus is just on winning. And uh, I, I keep going back to it. I think that's a, th- that was a hard conversation for him. I think it's a hard conversation to have with the players in your own locker room. Uh, but he's that committed to wanting to win that he was willing to endure uh, two rough conversations.
0: All right, let's get our guy Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports on the line right now. He covered both LeBron and Kyrie in Cleveland. Let's dial up Chris Haynes on the Celtics Talk podcast. All right, Chris Haynes, thanks for coming on the Celtics Talk podcast. You know we had to get you on you know, Kyrie, you know, LeBron, you covered them out there in Cleveland. You're with Yahoo now. Just give me your thoughts on uh, Kyrie actually reaching out to LeBron and apologizing. You know, I think the narrative out there beforehand was that these two guys would never be able to break bread and, and coexist and be friends or whatever or have a conversation. Are you surprised Kyrie reached out?
3: I'm surprised he reached out right now. Uh, you know, they, they've always been on talking terms, you know, speaking terms. You know, LeBron even said at one point, even after Kyrie got traded, that he didn't hold any animosity. and You know, he, he spoke highly of Kyrie, uh, even in the aftermath. So that, that's not surprising that they, they do have a line of communication. Uh, it, it did surprise me that he, that he called right. You know, during the season right now, while, while they have the, you know, having a kind of a tough juncture over there with the team, and I think it, it does show a sign of maturity because I, I do understand, or how shall I, I I did see the disconnect with Kyrie and LeBron in Cleveland. I think when um, I, I just think the way LeBron his LeBron leadership style is not for everybody, um, and then you have to understand the dynamic with Kyrie. You know he was drafted after the you know LeBron left, and you know he was the man there. And then LeBron came in; he kind of just changed everything. Everything was catered around LeBron, and you know I, I don't think Kyrie liked that too much. You know he always felt like you know he's of a stature of LeBron himself. and himself, and I just think he 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 just was a little bit defiant. Not to, not to say that in a father-son type of a way, but you know he was just just a little resistant and some of and LeBron's leadership approach. And I think now that he's dealing with some of those same situations, you know, on his own team uh, now with the Celtics, I think he, you know, you see how, how he probably could have went, went, went about things the wrong way in the past. And so I think it's a sign of maturity and uh, that he, even he, he did it. And then secondly, I admitted to everybody else in the roles that he did that.
2: As, um, uh... As Kyrie try to, tries to navigate this whole leadership thing, which for him, obviously, it's, it's a little different than when he was in Cleveland. Um, he's made some mistakes, and I think he's owned up to them, but that doesn't change the fact that people are looking at him a little bit differently today than they did before, uh, knowing that he reached out to LeBron to the point where you've got some people who are just kind of throwing out there, maybe he's open to going, being a Laker now. <laughs> now, Chris, you know LeBron. You know young fella Kyrie Irving. Can you see him seriously considering the Lakers at this point?
3: I can't because you got to hold him to his word. You know, he the right. one that came out unprompted and said he's going to be a Celtics Celtic next year. So I, I haven't heard anything, you know, on, you know, on the grapevine that, that suggested Kyrie. This is the first, this is the first I've heard about it. Uh, you know, that he could be thinking about joining the Lakers. Um, but I wouldn't put it past, you know, all, all the teams, all these teams have an obligation to check on all the free agents and engage their interest. So I definitely think the Lakers and a number of other teams will do their due diligence and and, and do so. But I got to take Kyrie by his word, man. You know, I can't. He said he's going to be a selfie. It's, it's different. It's different when a player, because uh, we, we hear it all the time, when players say, you know, I would love to be here. Right. You know, this is this is home to me I've grown up I became a leader here I've, I've experienced some great great success here but to say I'm coming back you know that's that's a little bit that's a little bit too far to turn back up to turn back on right now so mm-hmm. I, I that would be news to me uh if that was uh, a narrative that circulated as far as his ties to the Lakers I expect him to be back.
1: The Celtics fans are sort of uh, been riding the highs and lows, just like this team, right? So they, uh, the three-game losing streak, everyone's sort of like, you know, this team, they, they got to make moves. They got to tear this thing up. They win this game against the Raptors. Now everyone thinks they can compete with the best in the East. Give me the national view. Where does the Celtics line up with the best in the East? And can they essentially, you know, if they are a lower seed than maybe we expected, what can we expect from them in the postseason? I know they struggle, but the thing about
3: the Celtics that you know that's that plays in their favor is that they have a core group of guys who, you know, experienced a lot of success last year, even though it wasn't with Kyrie and it wasn't with Gordon Hayward. They still got a large group that that's that's accustomed to knowing how to play and win in basketball. And so when it's all said and done, when I'm looking at the landscape of the Eastern Conference, you know, my top two is Toronto and Boston. I, I've never wavered from that. And you know, obviously there was there were concerns You know, when there's, you know, when they're struggling and and there's some seems like there's some leadership issues and and, um, you know, people are calling for the the team to bring on a a veteran presence. You know, someone like Kendrick Kendrick Perkins, who I think would be a good locker room um, guy for that team. Uh, But, you know, I still think when it's all said and done, just the experience to Boston. And then with the experience of Toronto uh, with with Kawhi over there, I, I think those two are still the supreme teams out there. Now, Milwaukee has made some inroads; they, they are definitely a formidable opponent out there. Uh, I just want to see them have some postseason success. I think, you know, obviously there's some teams that have to go through the rigors of, uh, you know, advancing in the postseason and potentially falling short. Uh, we just want to see Milwaukee make some strides. Um, they're doing that in the regular season, but we got to see that in the postseason. So as of right now, Toronto and Boston those are my top two Eastern Conference teams.
2: Now, if they're able, the Celtics that is, if they're able to have the kind of season that certainly they envision, and certainly a lot of people believe they will have, even though they've had a few hiccups along the way, who are they going to see out west? Because Golden State, I mean, they're they're they got the best record, but man, it's by the by the slimmest of margins. Denver's having a great season. James Harden is putting up sick numbers. You got Paul George, you know, Russell Westbrook. It seems like there's a lot of – there's a, a tighter uh, competition for who's going to come out of the the, the West this year than, than we've seen maybe in the past couple of years.
3: Yeah, uh, sure. It, it, it'll, be, it'll be going to state for the fifth <laughs> straight year. Yeah, That's there's, there's just, you know. I, look, I, I don't put – don't put too – you know – we, we can't put too much stock in the regular season standings. It, it, you know, it is what it is. You know, Golden State the last couple of years have been going through the motion through the regular season, bored out of their minds, trying to manufacture goals and inspiration to go out there and, and play to 100% uh, for 82 games. But they they know when it's all they know when it's really time. They'll be ready to compete and they'll they'll bring their all. And then look. It definitely helps with you know them getting Demarcus Cousins back right. this week. That's going to give them a little bit more juice, a little extra fire. Maybe that can carry out uh, for a, a month or a half or so. But look, man, I, I don't see any team over here in the West that can give the Golden State fits. I'm looking at the West landscape right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm, this might be a bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not predicting, but I wouldn't be surprised if. In the when the playoffs came around, the Warriors swept through. Come the on, bro! Wow! Come on. And, and
0: I know you know <laughs> your your career is tied <laughs> who, who, who to gonna, the Warriors and all that. Man. KD's your guy, Cousins is your man. guy. But come on, t-
3: tell me who go give him a fight. Tell me which team go give him a fight. They can the You
0: saying Denver can't get one game out of the mix? No. That's what I'm saying. Next one. <laughs> next team. Dude, Houston win healthy? No. I'm saying win healthy. Next team. You don't think LeBron and them Lakers, once they get together? No. Man, no I'm going to shoot that right one. OKC, Paul George?
3: I'm telling you right now. It ain't. There's it not <laughs> one team out here. Like barring an injury, barring some unexpected setback from the Golden State. If Golden State is fully healthy. And they'll be motivated. You got, you know, this is the final year. This team could potentially be broken up this year. There's a lot riding on this year. Golden State wants to go out on the bang. The organization wants to convince KD to stay so they can jump into that brand new, fresh Chase Center arena in San Francisco next season. There's a lot riding on Golden State, man. They, they don't, you know, don't sleep on, don't, don't, don't be looking at this this regular season standings. You know, I, I am around the Warriors a lot. But I'm telling you, man, I'm looking at this Western Conference, and this it, it, is probably, to me, the weakest has been in, in quite some time. I, like I said, I would not be surprised if they swept through the conference onto the
0: finals. Damn! Wow. All right, Chris. Before I let you go, I was thinking this last night. Oh boy, <laughs> stayed up late watching Pelicans, Warriors, <laughs> Anthony Davis. I'm, I'm throwing this out there. I'm not basing this on anything, Chris H. Oh, You're you just, the insider. Uh-huh. You know better than me. He about to throw something up against the wall. Okay. Uh oh. A sleeper Is team. Stick? Golden State for Anthony Davis. A sleeper team at some point, big fella.
3: A sleeper team. Golden State picking up Anthony Davis, huh? It's
0: somehow. What do you think? <laughs> just your you know thoughts. What? That, I don't know been, how, a- but. That's been
3: around, you know. That that rumor has been around for some time. And I think my my guy Tim Kawakawi here of the Athletic in the Bay Area, you know, he he started that reporting on that. And I think I think there was something to that. I, I'm saying this. I, I think things have changed a little bit now that um, Anthony Davis is now rep by Rich Paul, who happens to be LeBron James' agent. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think that I think it had more juice, probably. This time last year, okay. uh, to go in that direction, I, I would be surprised if Golden State was able to enter the field and find some find some way and maneuver themselves somehow to picking up AD. I think the Lakers have a legitimate shot. I think Boston, you, you know, is definitely going to be in there. I, I can't I can't see Golden State picking that up. It, it'll be it'll be mighty difficult, and I, it's just a lot of things have changed since then.
0: My man, Chris Hayes. See, that's why. This is what I, happens to me. This is what I do late at night after games. You know, <laughs> crazy trade ideas come oh, up. Boy. But uh, but we know how the Warriors operate, man.
3: Hey, that's what the GMs do. They, they, you know, they up late at night thinking up crazy trade ideas.
0: And
2: then know? they go to sleep and realize, okay, that was just a day <laughs> like, Yeah, that's not going to happen. All right, Chris
0: Hayes <laughs> yeah. of Yahoo Sports. Chris, thanks so much for joining us on the Celtics Talk podcast. Uh, anytime, guys. Y'all take care. All right, once again, thank you to Chris Haynes for coming on the Celtics Talk Podcast. Uh, Good stuff from him. Uh, Fellas, and and this is something I mentioned on Celtics Post-Up. These next two games for the Celtics, the Memphis and Atlanta game, and then next week, too, you know, with some home games. But I will find out... This weekend, whether the Celtics have learned a lesson, whether they've turned a corner. And I know we can't overreact one game either way. But you are. But but this is what we do. Memphis at home, you should be able to win that. But the Atlanta game is the game that's a little more telling. Atlanta has been playing a lot better over
2: the last couple of weeks. That's not going to be a give me game. And Sherrod, I don't know why you're giving me that look. Because you're making it seem as as though like this is this is like game like 79 80 and they gotta win these games to get into the playoffs. Come on, it's 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 a game they should win. Both games they should win. You pointed that out, uh, and if they don't win, let's be honest, that just consistent with the narrative of who <laughs> right. these guys are. Right. Uh, I'm not look, I'm not so consumed by winning and losing. I'm more consumed by how they're playing. They need to play a certain style that is indicative of who they are, and that is gritty tough defensive mind if you play the Atlanta team and they knock down like 20 threes and they're contested threes not much you can do about that but if you're not getting back on defense if you're not boxing out if you're not making the extra pass if you're doing all the little things that the really good teams do to beat anyone and everyone then yeah we got a problem
1: that those back-to-backs and especially the ones where you have to travel a good distance always scare me. We saw it in Miami; mm-hmm. like they came out so flat, they had nothing. Uh, Atlanta a little bit easier, but like I still think that one's going to be a grind. But but just like Shroud said, if you're going to be a good team, if you're going to start building the consistency that everyone has been craving, those are the sort of games you have to win. They're finally healthy. They should have the depth to go out there and beat those teams. I think it would be a disappointment if they took a step back at any point uh, during this stretch. But just like you said, like nothing about this Celtic season has made sense. Yeah. So every time we say they should go out and win those games, something happens. But if they can avoid some drama, if they can just play to their potential, uh, they they could get some momentum here.
0: Yeah. Exactly. This is this this is the stretch we talked about. January. All these home games, winnable games, as we say. We'll see if the Celtics can now string together some wins. Thanks again to Chris Haynes for coming on the Celtics Talk Podcast. Make sure you go out there and subscribe on all your favorite podcasting apps and check us out on the My Teams app as well. We'll see you next week. We're out.